Hi girlies. Good morning. We're back. Good afternoon. You know Good what? evening. You know that? Guess who's back and better than ever? <laughs> Guess who's back and better than ever? Here we are. Hopefully better than ever. Well, okay, let's just talk about the last two episodes. If it's if the, the technical aspect of this just goes better than the last two episodes, we're better than ever. Yes. We are better than ever. It's been a struggle. It has. Um, thanks for sticking it out. Hopefully, uh, oh, last week's episode should be the first episode that you guys saw us in the studio. In the studio. Because the first week's episode's file mm. got corrupted. Mm. We don't know how. We don't know when. We edited the full thing. It just mm. never exported. Mm. And we tried multiple solutions, whatever. Didn't work. Good times. Here we are. We don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> we move on about swiftly. About Have you seen Encanto? No. Do you like animations? Um, sometimes. Mm. I think the thing is, I just never... I like them. I just... They're never my go-to because I didn't grow up watching a lot of them. Mm. So, like, when I watch them, I'm like, whoa, this is actually so cool. But it's, it's so never cool. something that I go to watch. You should watch Encanto because it? it's an animation. It's like the new Frozen vibe. But it's, like, for kids, dude. But it's mm. so cute. The reason why I'm saying you should watch it is because it's a Mexican family. Right. So it's, like, my people, bro. And it's literally things that happen Representation. In like, yeah, it happens in every... Mexican um, family. Like Latina family, I think. Mm. Like the the arguments and stuff that they have. So cute. Um, what is? Oh, did you ever? Did you ever watch Rio? Yeah, the bird. Yeah, <laughs> the bird. <laughs> that's my favorite animation. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't think I can rightfully say that because let's keep in mind I only watched Finding Nemo when I was nineteen mm. for the first time. But so I haven't watched a lot. But we need to dive into watched, like the fact that you don't watch. Like, as a kid, you didn't watch animation. Uh, as a kid, I didn't really watch TV. Because it's watched, so strange. I watched Teletubbies and Barbie. Sometimes. Literally, like, she's not even joking. Because we'll talk about things that... Like, Finding Nemo. And she's like, oh, I never saw that. I'm like, what do mm-hmm. you mean? There's a lot of movies that people also watched in, like, their... Like, not childhood, but, like, like tweens. And I never yeah. watched it. It's so strange. And TV was not a focus. Mm. Which is interesting, because why the fuck am I in drama? But TV was never a focus. Yeah, I don't get it. It's because you were deprived, so. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, not only will I watch it, I will be in it. <laughs> it I am the moment. I am it. What was I going to say? My favorite animation growing up was Hercules. Hercules? Yeah, because he's fucking cute. <laughs> but that is so random, girly. Yeah. but the, into mythology? Yeah. The movie itself was really nice. Like, it was my favorite movie. I used to have... Remember those CDs that would come half the movie on side A, half the movie on side B, so then I would have to flip it? That was, like, my favorite. Hang on, hang on. So, okay. I think this is, once again, us on different vibes. Mm. You watched Hercules. Is it, like, an actual animation? An actual animation for kids. Because the only Hercules I ever watched was also when I was little, but I think it's just something that used to come onto TV, and it was, like, real humans, like, oh, playing no. Hercules. And it was definitely not meant for me to be watching. Like, no, my there was there's a Hercules movies for kids movie for kids an animation. It's so cute. Girl, we had such different introductions to things because now I don't really like mythology because I'm like, what the fuck was that moment? Yeah, you see, but I was introduced to it through like an age appropriate cute. thing, yeah. so I was like, oh my god, mythology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, this actually goes perfectly with what we're talking about today. We're gonna talk about 
our transitions in life in life our evolutions where did we start how are we here what has that brought us our different eras <laughs> the eras right the eras of us. i love that word yeah um and just you know where did where literally what was the different defining moments in your life and honestly if you know me you know my slogan for everyone is like move just pack all of your bags pack up and go everything you have and move to a place you've never been before if you especially if you like were born and grew up in the same place Mm. I first of all I don't understand that like I genuinely forget most of my friends that I have now were born and raised here Mm. and I don't yeah well I also don't understand that because we immigrated here like when I was literally six yeah. So then at that point, I remember one of my first friends in primary school, I went to visit her house the one day. Well, I slept over there. And then she was like, yeah, my parents have lived in this house for like the past 14 years. And I was like, what? Did yeah, how does that happen? That's so weird. It is really yeah. weird. Especially when people are like, so I'm like driving around the area. I don't know. The, well, I know the area I've been living in this specific area for mm. a year now, mm. almost a year. And like driving around it, I'm like, yeah, I know certain points, but like Morris will be like, oh, yo, our matric thing was here. Oh, whatever. I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) You're like, how? In my brain, that's just a random field or a random Mm. venue. But to him, it has memories. Yeah, it's so strange. You've literally lived here forever. It's it's strange. But the thing is, what's interesting is that you're like, pack up and go. And I'm like, I want to settle and be here. I want that, like, Mm. to be in one place and, like, put roots down. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that comes from... My transition was very different from yours. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into it. It's so funny. Like, I just want to say this mm-hmm. side note before we start. Like, because it even comes in with small things like traveling. You know, everyone's oh, like, yeah. oh my God, travel. Like, especially when I got married, mm-hmm. they're like, don't spend your money on material things. Like, just don't go. down travel. Yeah, they're like, travel, experience things. And, like, and I'm like, no. I don't want to. I don't want to. The thought of me sleeping in a bed that's not mine for like three weeks at a fucking crappy hotel like walking around a place I don't know it it gives me so much anxiety I hate it like I can't do that is that weird it is weird it's not weird it's just kiddo like in my mind I'm like travel well yeah I think first of all travel is glorified a lot not really because it's not what you think it is no yeah but um but I want that like I, well, not just in, like, I think a lot of people are like, child, like, go to fucking a different country, whatever. I don't necessarily want that. Like, well, I do, but, I like, that's not what I think about. I'm like, is it fine for me to sleep in a cabin in the woods while I'm hiking for seven days and I'm so uncomfortable every single day? Yes, because I get to see the mountains. <laughs> you so see, like, no. I and you're like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Girl, are you telling me I could sit here for seven days and watch Euphoria over and over again and sleep in my bed? I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm doing that. Literally, that's me. Yeah. So where did you start? What happened in your life, Grace? Well, okay, I was born in Venezuela. Can you just <laughs> can you try to be enthusiastic about your own life? Well, okay, if I you was... must know. <laughs> I was born in Venezuela. <laughs> Venezuela. The, the thing is, like, oh, dude, I don't know. I think being especially Latina, like people. There's so many connotations to that, you know? And, like, whenever I just mention it to people, then it becomes a big thing. Like, oh, my God. And I'm like, shut up. It's not that. It's whatever. Like, just. Well, I personally like to be like, my best friend is from Venezuela. (laughs) And then we had, do you remember? 
his um, honors where she was talking about like being a Western woman and then going back home and having to do the opposite. Like she's celebrating here, like feminism and being liberated and speaking up. And sorry if I'm, if you're watching this, sorry if I'm not representing this right. We can just edit is, her name up. Yeah. But no, I think the, the word she used was being a global woman. Yes. A global, a global citizen. Yeah. And then celebrating like speaking up and having a voice and whatever. And then when she goes back home, how to be respectful and not look her father in the eye mm. and not just speaking up to him in specific ways and whatever. Yeah, that was super interesting. How do you balance that dynamic? Yeah. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. So what are your eras? <laughs> Let's your. get into the actual topic yeah. of this episode. Um, yeah, my life is different from yours in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. So yeah, I grew up here. I was uh, born here. But I I was six weeks old when we moved for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't stopped moving. Literally, my entire life has been me moving. This is my thing. Why did you move so much? I've never asked you that. It was just the way things worked out, really. Um, I don't know, obviously. Well, I can't remember when I was little. Mm-hmm. But I know that we lived in at least three different towns before I started like gaining consciousness. Yeah. And that's not talking about houses. That's just talking about towns. And then from those towns, I remember moving multiple times. And then when I was grade three, so about eight, mm-hmm. we bought a house. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be the like settling point, like whatever. And then we didn't even live there for a year. And my dad got a completely different job in a new city. Oh and my we gosh. moved. So then my parents were like, okay, well... They're, they were trying to sell that house, but they were also like, we're not going to just buy a new house because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Now we buy a house, we move again in a year. So from there, it was just moving and moving and moving. So I live in now, currently, where I am now. This is the ninth city that I've lived in. That's crazy. But in one city, for instance, that I lived in, I lived in seven houses in eight years. Mm-hmm. So like I was always moving. And I loved it. <laughs> I really liked it. But I think it's good because I got so used to it. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that. Because I, I feel like I had that experience also from, like, the shift from primary school to high school. Like, primary school. And I don't know at what point, like, why this happened or what, like, happened. But I was, like I said, I was a very extroverted child and, like, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. Then in high school, I started becoming more of, like, the person that I am now. Mm-hmm. And I started also, like, realizing that everyone in my school and the people that I was friends with weren't really my friends like Mm. I was just friends with them because I see them every day Mm. and like people would have parties and sleepovers and stuff and then I wouldn't get invited and I'm like okay why but then at the same time I'm like I get it because we're not on the same page like yeah like I literally the last actually relate to you no yeah the last three years of high school I couldn't wait to get out of there because I Mm. knew university was going to be so much better Mm. because everyone there was going to we were going to have the same like work ethic we were going to be into the same things you know because I was the only person from my school I think that wanted to actually study drama like that went into that field and like it just couldn't relate to anyone and I was like this is so annoying (laughs) yeah yeah and it is traumatic I I relate to you saying like the last three years you were like I just want to get out of here just want to get out because I was never like that well once I had moved to this new school in grade four then I stayed in that primary school and then went to the high school that 
most of the kids from that school so into mm. and so I felt familiar in high school and going to high school and whatever and I liked it and enjoyed it and liked the environment and whatever and I was like really nerdy and loved school and was like I also like, always loved school yeah and like learning good. dude I yeah. love learning mm. and then I was always like that until I would say like probably grade 11 then I was starting to realize Mm-mm. 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 what's going on <laughs> I was like something something here is not right yeah and that's what I was talking about where I was starting to be like okay I'm expected to be this person and live in this bubble and whatever right but I think I'm interested in knowing what is out of this bu- outside of this bubble right and people didn't relate to that mm. people were like you want to go outside you don't want to be in this bubble <laughs> excuse me dude it's so funny that you say that like I don't know if we've talked about this. I'm sure we have. Like, how we were raised completely different. Mm. Like, from literally the moment that I gained consciousness, like, I was, like, a feminist. Because <laughs> my family, my, like, nuclear family, like, that's what they taught me. And, like, my mom. Mm. And, I mean, I think maybe it has to do with the fact that we were three women and one guy. Like, shame, my poor dad would always say, like, if one of them starts crying, then they all start crying, then I must just leave because I will always be in the wrong. And I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> you got something there. Yeah, and also, like, just, like, inherently the way that my family functioned. Like, my dad would cook most of the meals mm. growing up. And my mom was always, like, a super business... Not that my dad wasn't, like, a business guy, but mm. he's he told me, like... I was a musician and then I just one day decided like maybe it would be cool to get an office job so then I got an office job mm. but like it wasn't his aspiration it wasn't aspir- his goal in life yes so my mom Whereas was always the main your brain mom was hustling. she got a PhD like day one <laughs> yeah. well she has a masters but she's oh. a freaking software engineer like this lady's crazy um and also can we just talk about that she got her masters when we moved to South Africa she did her masters in English and English and wasn't her first barely, language yeah she barely that's crazy. You know what a master's is on? It's actually really interesting. It's about voting, like, electronically. <gasps> and this was in 2007. And South Africa still doesn't vote electronically. Because we don't have the facilities. No, this lady's dope. Anyways, so she was always, like, the main breadwinner or whatever. Make that happen. So, yeah, I was just like... Yeah, feminist. Live your life. And also, like, I come from, from a very artsy family. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people in my family are artists. Opposite. Opposite. So it's just like so weird that for you it was like this whole like mm. realization and like oh my gosh. Mm. And for me it was just like that's how life is. My family are not artists. My mm. mom has a line that's like her signature line. My to her, I, to my family, I'm weird. I'm the strange mm. girl who's into this weird stuff. And <laughs> my mom always, or like get a real job. Yeah, yeah. And my mom would always say. Because I was always into arts, even when I was living in the bubble and like, that's what I, that's how I see it. I had a, my eras are bubble and post bubble. Bubble was <laughs> closed here. Everything's so comfy and just like, I'm, I don't care. Like, I don't know about the world. And then post bubble was like, hang on. Everything that happened in there was not right. Yeah. But um, even when I was in the bubble, I was really into arts. And then I think if you're into arts, you're, I mean, arts is inherently questioning things. So yes. Then when I went to high school was when I really got to participate in it for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's when I started being in plays and whatever. So then I had that those two years of like other people questioning stuff and I'm seeing the questioning happening. And then in grade 11 was when I was starting to question everything myself. Right. And that's when I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Things are weird. But that whole time, my mom would always say, I'm a balloon and she is the string keeping me to the ground 
And she still says that to this day. Whoa. I'm like, don't keep me. Let the string go. Let it go. Let me float. Dude, that's traumatizing. Bro. But that's, that's literally, that's the... The core of our whole thing. Yeah. Can I tell you something? My sister actually has trauma with like a line that's similar to that. They used to always tell her, your head is in the clouds. Yeah. And then she one day like literally spoke up about it. She's like, stop telling me my head is in the clouds. Like, and if it is, let me be like, I'm happy like this. I'm living my life. Yeah. But I think, I think from my perspective where I am now, I'm like, I'm the opposite of living in the cloud, but. I'm here. You guys are living in the cloud. Because you don't look at what's happening. You're not grounded in, like, life. And the reality and the the systems that are in place all around it, the, the things that are happening that are uh, just... You're, they adopted an ideology and have lived in it. Mm, it's comfort forever. Zone. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. And they're in the clouds. And they're blinded by the clouds. And I'm here, like... You want to tell me I'm in the clouds? Mm. Clearly nothing about this is yeah, peaceful or fantasy. It's so interesting that you say like art is inherently like questioning things. Yeah. That just triggered a memory in my brain. <laughs> like I said, I grew up with a family of artists and one of my uncles, he's actually, I think my godfather, maybe my sister's godfather. I don't know. In Venezuela, we have four, like two godfathers, two godmothers. Yo. So I'm it's like grandparents. I'm not really sure yeah. <laughs> which one's which. Anyways, um... So this uncle, Santiago Paul, he is like a a very big Venezuelan digital artist. And his art would be like all over my grandmother's house and like my aunt's house and stuff. And there was, but his art is like so crazy, dude. There's one piece that I saw this when I was four or three. And I was like, what is happening? It's a hand, but it's a ma- male body, like an explicit male body naked. And he's holding a pencil like this. We'll put in a picture. I'll show you later. Mm. But, like, so now I'm three. I'm walking around the house. I see, like, a naked hand man. And I'm like, guys, what is this? this? You know? It's just... Yeah, I didn't have any of those experiences. Like, art was not a a focal point at all, which I find interesting because now I'm like, I'm painting stuff and putting it all over my house. I don't care. But, yeah, I find it really interesting. Even now, when I go back to my mom's house, like... The stuff that's on the wall is, like, not... There'd be something hanging on the wall as, like, a flower. Mm. Like, that's the extent of it being, like, questioning or whatever. You know, it's it's really not... It's not mass-produced to Mr. Price. Yes. And she will... Canvas. Exactly. <laughs> and if there is real art that is really... I don't want to, like, bash her at all. It's just my family will not look at that and be like, something about this is intriguing, there's something questioning, it'll be like, that's really weird and wrong, and we should not look at that. And I don't know why you're behind that in the house. Like, if they saw that image of my uncle, Mm. they would be like... This is inappropriate, and kids should not be seen. And kids are here, but, like, in my family, it's like, yeah, this is is life, like, look at it. So crazy. So I had to do that myself, which was not easy, Mm -hmm. and which I think leads to a lot of my... Not issues, but, like, well, issues relating to a lot of stuff. I think my brothers, like, I can relate to my brothers more because they grew up in the same stuff and they've found their own ways of escaping, which is nothing like my ways, but is their own ways. And so I can relate to them better and whatever. But, like, especially my, the older generation, like, not only my parents, but, like, my parents' sisters were my mom's brothers and sisters because I didn't really know my dad's. But um, they, they're the same. Like, 
there's no, I don't know. So breaking free of that, everyone was always like, oh, she's the crazy one. She's a little bit weird, you know? So how did you manage, like, actually coming out of that? Like, how? Well, I, okay, so that's the thing. It's so difficult because I was the weird one and the whatever, but I was also, I always performed in school well, and I stayed in the bubble, and I crossed my T's and dotted my I's. So you had I was, the facade. I was still the golden child. Right. But they were like, I was like the golden child who every now and then would would question something, and they'd be like. Mm, they're like, that's so, out of character for you, mm, but it was actually who you it are. It wasn't. But um, so while right. breaking out of that has only really happened for me over the last year, where I was like, okay, guys, listen, you need to understand that I've been placed on a pedestal forever and ever and ever. And that was amazing because you get privileges. If you're placed on a pedestal, you get privileges that come out of that. Yeah. But I've also been... There were rules that I had to adhere to that no one else did Mm -hmm. to get that pedestal. Yeah. And so, for instance, I remember when I was in varsity, I went to visit my cousin and she was matric. And she said, listen, I'm going to go out tonight to this place. You want to come along? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then my mom was like, you are absolutely not going out to that place. And my whole family was like, yeah, she's not going. But nobody said anything to my cousin. Everyone's like, yeah, of course you can go. Because she had broken out of that thing very early. She was like, I'm not the golden child and I don't want to be. Whereas I was like, okay, I guess I'll be the golden child if that's what you (laughs) want me to be. Yeah. And then I was expected to adhere to that. Yeah. I was also the golden child for sure. And it's also traumatizing. <laughs> like, it's, it's so annoying. The, the thing is, it, it comes with privileges and you have to recognize that. But then once you break or try to break out of that mold, it is almost dehumanizing. Because they don't just look at you as a, as a person who broke free of <clears throat> this mold that they put you in. They look at you as like, it's almost like a defector. Like, something went wrong with you. Yeah. And you're not who we remember you as. And yeah. so you're... Whatever. Like, oh, you were so perfect, and then mm. you messed it up. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> I'm still going through that. Like, yeah. I'm not finished. I'm still no. going through that and understanding what that means and whatever. And it made me really scared to express my art in the right ways. Because I was so scared that I still am. Um, and I'm trying to break free of it. Yeah. Uh, me expressing my art and really being... The artist that I want to be is, how's that going to affect my relationships with my family? We're still going to talk about this a lot, like when we get into like the religious trauma episode for me. Um, yeah. How does, how does breaking out of that mold affect every relationship you've ever had and affect your relationship with yourself and your, your identity, it's identity politics? Who yeah. are you? Who are you? It sucks because people think you are this one person, but actually you're just living a double life. Dude, and that's so weird for me. Did you ever go to those like really weird Christian camps, like at school? And then they would ask you like, who are you? And then you say your name. They're like, that's just your name. Who are you? And you're like, I'm a dancer. That's just what you do. Who are you? And I'm like, shut up. (laughs) I still still to this day think about it. I'm like, what was I supposed to say? What did you want me to say? And then, I don't know, I don't want to The answer was probably like, I'm a child of God or something. Yeah, but now my problem with that is, 
that's just your religion who are you? <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like like oh, baby all of those things make me yeah that is just my job that is just my interest that is just my religion that is just my, but that's who I am the bro. mixture of all those things the amalgamation is me yeah so weird anyway what I want to say is my my biggest takeaway from always transitioning and always moving is moving away from how you grew up where you grew up and the people that you grew up with can be very traumatizing because I was 18 years old moving to a big city living with family but family I didn't know Mm. who now I know and love but I didn't know then and I couldn't drive that was another thing I was horribly terrified of driving and then I moved here and I had to drive like it was that that was that um I had to drive I had to navigate my way around the city I had to meet all of these people who had completely different mindsets than I did coming from a small town just crazy plus being in a space like varsity which is already an amalgamation Mm -hmm. amalgamation of people um and then so was it traumatizing yes there were of course of course there are moments of like trauma in that of like everything that you've ever known isn't doesn't exist and might not even be real but then that was the best thing I could ever do yeah ever do hands down was taking everything and moving and being subjected to entirely new everything and so my one piece of advice for everybody that I know or don't know is at some point in your life even if it is for two weeks just go by yourself take whatever and just go to a new place with nobody that you know nothing familiar just go and experience that because it will expand your mindset expand you as a person it will grow you so much and it you the way it makes you question everything that you've ever known you can't get from any other experience and so everybody that I know the one piece of advice that I always give them is if you grew up in a place especially the people that I grew up with in that specific place, is just move. Just at some point, just move away from the things that you know. Right. And you will discover a whole new world out there. I think for me, the way that I relate to that is, like, because I haven't moved around a lot, but I've changed the course of my life a lot in terms mm. of, like, the decisions I oh, make. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, and I'm not scared to do that. Like, no. and that's what I was telling you the other day, like, because now with my video editing job, whatever, everyone's always asked, like, all the supervisors are like, okay, where do you want to go from here? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I literally live in the moment. And when there's a moment where I feel like this is no longer serving me or I can do something else, then I do that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of that kind of change. Mm-hmm. And that's what some someone once told. I think maybe that's the best advice I've ever gotten from someone. <laughs> um, when I was deciding, like, what do I study? Where do I go? all of these things because I was between like musical theater, drama, whatever. Um, and this one girl that I really looked up to, she was like, you don't have to be one thing. You're yeah. allowed to be different things. You're allowed to explore all the different things that you love. Mm. You can be a dancer for three years. This is what she was telling me. She was like, I was a professional dancer for, let's say four years, whatever. Mm. And then I decided that I don't want to do this anymore. And she studied forensics. Mm. And then Six years later, she was like, I want to dance again. And she went back. And that, like, your dude, that that's killed amazing. me. I was like, I love that. So that's that's been such a big, prominent 
message I've tried to get across to my family because mm. they're they were like oh okay you're gonna study you're gonna do drama and then that's what you're gonna do and then when I was like okay but I want to be an editor they were like what yeah <laughs> where does this come from like yeah. life is not, doesn't have to be linear like but exactly you Always. make your path when I was like I'm gonna go study drama it was never that I'm gonna go study drama be one thing I've never ever in my whole entire life just wanted to be one thing right I've never seen my career as just one thing I've I'm like yeah, I can have a clothing business and then I can be a fucking hairdresser and I can be an actress and I can be I can be different things. I don't have to be one thing and I don't have to have one label. Exactly. And you're allowed to explore those things. You're allowed to fail in those things. You're allowed mm. to achieve in those things. Like it's not but also, the end of the world. Of course they're going to think that because when I was in school, I didn't have the words to say that. I didn't have the language to communicate that. So I never did. I just let them think that. And now when I'm an adult, they're like, now they're confused. you changed. I'm like, no, I've actually always been this person. I just didn't know how to say it. I just actually grew into myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving also gives, well, not moving, but like changing, transitioning your life gives you language that you yeah. didn't have. And moving yes. to a big city, which, which of course is, is privilege because I moved to a new city, but also I went to university in that. So like, I can't, I can't remove the two. Like there's no way for me to say if it was just moving to a new city or if it was the experience of going to study, mm. because for me, they're intertwined. They're the yeah. same thing. And that experience gave me language language which is so fucking important so it's the important. first it's the tool I've had to be myself and to be an identity and to have it and to try and communicate it whether people accept it or reject it or whatever and even if that's hard that's what I have I have language mm. that I never ever had before that's beautiful increase your language your vocabulary yeah and your experience and the only way you're going to do that is through different experiences and increasing your language is going to give you the space to gain a new identity or to explain your old one or to grow from your old one. Yeah. Just everyone, everyone's always saying this. You're always telling us to me, when not it? Because that's the best, best advice that I can give you. And because I've seen how that's not just, I like I can say, oh, I've seen how this made me grow. I can feel it, whatever. But like my best friend of nine years can tell me, you've grown so much. You're a different person, whatever. If they can see it, everyone can see it. Like, yeah. I'm a different person because I have language, because I have access to things, because I got new experiences, because I was faced with things that was difficult. Mm. Do you know how it's the thing that we spoke about? It's violent to be confronted to, yeah, to disrupt. with York, to be confronted with a disruption. The, I remember distinctly the first time that someone was like, oh, okay, you're, you're a Christian. Why? Because in my small town, it was, yes, there were people who weren't Christian and who were other, like, religions and whatever. But it, first of all, it was mostly Christian. And second of all, even other religions and stuff, I was kept away from. And then when I broke out of that, I was like, I'm going to date a Jew. Mm. Like, their family was still like, okay, you're a Christian girl. So, like, God is their happy days, you know. Mm. But when someone was like, you're, you might be wrong, so maybe think about that. I was like, ooh. Hang on. First of all, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> First of all. But rude. then, yeah, rude. But then, like, actually questioning that and whatever, some things I took and adopted and said, hmm, you're right, I agree with you. And some things I was like, you're wrong, but now I know why. And that's the thing, questioning things will lead to you... Having a deeper and better understanding of yourself. Understanding, yes. And then going through the change that needs to happen. Moral of the story, change is good. Embrace it. 
And it's okay. Yeah. And change not just in moving or changing mm. your career or whatever. Just change, like, of your mindset, mm. of the way you see things, mm. and the way you, you accept things. Yeah. How do you do that? You're con- you have to be confronted with new experience. You have to place yourself in new experiences and spaces that you're not comfortable. You have to displace yourself. Yeah. And you can do that in the city that you're living in. You can do that in the house that you're living in. Just go to have new experiences in places where you're uncomfortable. Mm. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not... Like, it sounds very glorified when we say it. Because you're like, oh my god, you're going to change. You're going to be this new, beautiful, amazing person. Like It's hard. It, it doesn't work that you're gonna way. You're going to cry. You're, you're not <laughs> like, oh, I'm changing. You're like, why did I believe this for my whole life? Why was this the thing that was in my brain? Why did I never question this? And you blame yourself and you blame people and whatever. But when, once you're through that, you're through it. Yeah. Then it's like, oh. There's literally a light at the end of the tunnel. Clear skies. It sounds so cheesy, but it mm. really is the truth. So do it. That's my advice. Go do it. <laughs> That's this week's advice. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks also, for listening. like, communicate with us. This week's episode, hopefully last week's episode also, but this week's episode should be on YouTube. And so comment, speak to us. Like... We'll respond, we promise. We we won't leave you hanging. And tell us your experiences of your transitions in life and your displacements and your moving and growing. And And evolving. And evolving. Through life. And your advice on doing that or not doing that. Mm. Because maybe your view is completely different from ours. Maybe you're like, please stay in the place where you grew up and never ever go anywhere else. Which is good. We want to hear different opinions. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Mornay. Thank you, Mornay. That's not offensive to anyone, is it? If Namaste is offensive to you, please communicate that. Please let us know because... Yeah. (laughs) We do do yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) Got it. (laughs)